0: Welcome to Ket's Angle, it's Ket Johansson and today I've got a special interview, the person that helped me essentially launch the From the Ground Up series, giving me access to his Reach Academy students. It is UK wrestler and Reach wrestling owner, Jason King. Jason, thank you for joining. No worries, How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, yeah, all good. Yeah, very good, my friend. Good. All good. So yeah, first of all, thank you for giving me um, like the access and permission to speak to some of your academy talent. Um, I've really been enjoying that series of highlighting the life of a of a trainee. So today, I get to speak to the person behind all their success so far. Ah,
1: that's cool, man. Yeah, no, pleasure's mine. It's been a lot of fun to listen to as well, because yep. it's been really cool to kind of hear what they, what you know, like how how they express themselves. Yes. You know, because you I, mean, I I speak to most of them, you know, every day, you know, but hearing them on a platform like that was really fascinating to you know to hear you know their their version of their journey is really yeah. interesting to me. It really did interesting has been good so I am I'm, I'm enjoying it man. <laughs>
0: no I'm good. enjoying this. Yeah I'm I'm glad and for those of you listening um the interviews we mention are the From the Ground Up series with L.A. Taylor, we've got Carl Parker, and we've got Aurora. And as you're listening to this, would have also had the episodes with Jackson Shaw and Danny Steele drop. So make sure you check all those out if you haven't so far. Great insight into life of a trainee wrestler, somebody trying to break through and make their dreams a reality. And, yeah, everybody has just sang your praises, Jason. Um, I don't think it's a case of... Let's say good things about the trainer. I think you can tell everybody's really sincere, um, so that must mean a lot to you as a as a coach.
1: Yeah, it, it does, and I think you picked up a good point there because they know me well enough to know that if if they were just kind of brown nosing me, it, it wouldn't fly. Like I wouldn't, I'd probably put them up and say, "Don't do that," because yep. I don't need that sort of. We don't, we don't teach that like at our school. <laughs> we don't, yep. we don't. I've never once said, you know, you gotta say nice things about me and you gotta you know, th- they know what's right from wrong and, and, and I think mostly I mean the things I've heard them say are kind of about the um you know how much they enjoy the training and what yeah. they get out you know like not just physically but like mentally as well. Some of them yeah. really do it's like their it's like their you know their um their medicine, you know, <laughs> yep. it's their wrestling. And and I think it just it just hearing that is is cool. It, like for me to have a part in it is, is, is fun. It's fun for me. It's, it's, it's nice to know that I help somebody in some way, right? It gives me purpose You yeah. it gives me a reason to get out of there. If I'm there saying to myself, well, you know, what's today for? And I've got 40 students, you think, well, there's 40 reasons to, to get up and, and, and bust your ass, you know? So, and then like you say, when they, when they say nice things, I don't think, as you said, it comes from a place of, oh, coach will tell me off if I don't say, cause I, i i't I you know they' be far from the truth but yeah like I, it's it's rewarding for me that they appreciate it, I think yeah. is what I'm trying to say it's you know it should be it, like you say, it sounds sincere, I think they appreciate um you know the opportunities and the and the training I think is what they is what they, I think they you know they they enjoy,
0: yeah, and I, that's the good thing, like the amount of bad horror stories you've heard. Um, over the years, and even like way back when, of different coaches taking, um, like taking the piss really with the students, not being safe and doing things that would be against even safeguarding, or like I said, yeah. just not giving them the proper training. So for a lot of these first starting out or um, so early in their training career to find reach, you can tell you. I was speaking to Danny about it, and it was a case of you've got to be the best you can be essentially um you've got to give 110% all the time with reachy taking it really serious and giving people that mentality from the beginning of the career um, we'll touch upon it later but i think that's why the reach academy has uh, been so successful
1: yeah that's uh, that's really good to uh, really it's like i don't think i won't use the word humbling because we bust yeah. our ass and like we know we're working hard but it's it's flattering i think is that the word i would use because it, it makes me feel very good, but it but it makes me feel good in a way that like I I want to I want to kick on and push on. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: It's it not motivates like a, you.
1: Yes. Thank you, my friend. That's the word. <laughs> it motivates me. It makes me say, okay, good. It makes me think good. So we're doing the right thing, so let's keep pushing. It's yeah. not a um it's 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 a culmination of everybody's work. And I think from day one we we ultimately it gets installed very quickly, like from from day one, there's no – there's a time for laughing, there's a time for playing, and there's a time for messing around, and, and we do all that. But there's also time to go to work because yeah. I think ultimately one thing I learned when, when I was young well, – I mean, I'm not a gifted athlete. Like, I'm not a like, – I mean, what, I'm not physically imposing. I'm not, i am not got nothing really that, that makes me um, – more capable than anybody else being a professional wrestler but I just realized from a young age that if I worked harder than everybody else or at least at the very least as as hard as anyone else then really I could achieve anything yeah. and I think one of the things that we we get in the academy is 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 the feeling that like I can tell if someone's working hard right you know it, it might be that I'm not as fit as you or I'm not as strong as you or I'm not as naturally gifted on the microphone as you but if you're cruising and I'm busting my ass, then as the coach, I'm going to look at the guy who's giving me his everything, or the girl that's giving me her everything, to say, okay, this is the one that wants it, right? Yeah. And I think that's like on day one, we just kind of, just from day one, we just, I, I mean, how can I? I demand it, man. From day one, right. <laughs> there's no, there's no, there's no room for like, oh, get settled in, and and you know, I mean, they learn the ropes. Um you know physically, what we do in the ring everything you don 't put somebody into a situation that you couldn't physically you know where they where they would sink rather than, than yeah. swim but we and you build their training from you know a forward row to a full blown match, but the effort has to be one hundred from day one you know yeah. the level of effort's got no reflection on how good a wrestler you are I mean your level of effort has got no reflection on how physically fit you are. your yeah. level of effort is only what you choose to put in, and I think we just. We just really hit home quite hard. I mean, you can probably tell by the way I'm speaking. You notice we're we all go. Uh, yeah. we're, we're, we're building an empire. You know, an empire needs you know pieces. You know, and uh, and Rosefield, and and that's what our, our guys and girls in the academy are. You know.
0: Yeah, no, hundred percent passionate. I was a bit similar when I worked with uh, Hull City football coaching. You'd have certain people that, again, really fit really, natural um, fitness there, and they'd cruise and they'd maybe laugh at the person that's throwing up. It's like, wait a minute, if that person's throwing up, they've put more effort in than what you've been right. doing. You can go do a couple more laps so you're like that. Um, so it's good that, uh, again, going back to the Danny interview, he mentioned it can't be in and out, in and out, just turning up one week, maybe missing a couple and then going, It's you either want this or you don't. And if people want it, you're going to be there to make sure they can get it.
1: Oh, for sure, yeah. Because we... I mean, I mean Frosty, that's... I love that you can relate to what I'm saying like about the whole city thing. That's really cool, because it, it tells me you know exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. So, like, you're on the same... Which I think is, is really good. And I think you're spot on. That's, like, a, a perfect example. I mean, you can be the fittest in class, male or female, I, I don't care which... Like, you can be the fittest in class, but if you're coming in... And only half-assing it, and I, I'm th- at that point. I'm like, "Then well, what are you doing here?
0: Yeah. Don't
1: don't waste my time." because the spot has got to be filled by somebody that wants it, and um, I think, um, I think ultimately, um, it, it's just a case of I've I've trained at schools and I've been to schools and I've, you know, done extra sessions and seminars and things, and, and I've I've seen. I mean, you, you know, in in 10, 15 minutes, when I start getting the hard cardio going, you can tell yeah. You know, within 10 minutes the people that, that want to be a professional wrestler and prepared to buckle down and bite the gum shield and get swinging and say, let's go, embrace the grind. And then you can tell the people that kind of saw John Singer or Hulk Hogan and said, oh, yeah, i like to be like that. And then when the work <laughs> comes in, I'm like, wait a minute, you know. I, You know, this I didn't see this side of it, you know. And yeah. uh, I think we just don't um, – because ultimately it's not – We're a business, but we could take anybody's money, right? We could take anyone's money and just say, yeah, everyone come to the school, come to the school. Why would you, it's not fulfilling. I mean, it's not fulfilling if if somebody comes to the school and and gives me the the 50% effort every week. What's the point? What's the point of me wasting my time and energy uh, on, on that person who's ultimately not giving back what we put in? I think I'd rather have, you know, 10 people that are incapable, like yeah. trying, their ass off, then, you know, three people that were just naturally gifted at everything that didn't want it. Because if you don't want it, it's never really going to register on the, on the, on the psychological level that it needs to do for wrestling.
0: Yeah. No, hundred percent. Yeah. Like genetics and stuff alone to get yourself so fine. You need the heart and passion behind 100%, it.
1: No, hundred percent. Cause you can't, you can never if you can, if 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 you can't outwork somebody, if you can't outwork somebody, how do you how do you beat them? How do you stop them? How do you you know I want I want the man and woman that shows me they won't quit. That's what I want because that's what I give them and Grayson gives them and we're we giving as much opportunity as we can because we yeah. like you said about those horror stories earlier, we've been part of some of them <laughs> and we've you know, I you know, we've got stories like that where you know, we've been in situations like that, and I always swore if I had a school, that whole bully mentality and that whole um some of the bullshit that used to go on in in pro wrestling, there's a there's a place for respect, yeah. and but there's a difference between bullying somebody and respecting somebody. There's a, there's a difference, and two completely different things. And a lot of times, I saw bullying when I was first coming up. I mean, I was all right. I mean, I I got the odd bit here and there, but mostly I was pretty pretty safe. Um, but I did see some some nasty stuff, and then conversely, I always said, "Well, if I ever have a school, or I ever run a school, why would you why would you bully somebody out of the, out the door? Why? What? I mean, if anything, you want to give them the as much chance as you. If you're their coach, your job's to protect them, and to make yeah. them
0: better and, and help them see right from wrong, you know." One hundred percent, and I'm glad you mentioned like when you was coming up, you'd seen stuff like that. So moving over to like yourself, like. How did you get started? Like, who was you training first? How did you find it to get settled at school? Yeah, so we um, so
1: we went to a, a show in Exmouth. Um, yeah. I've told this story a few times. I was working in a supermarket at the time, and uh, it was a a Monday. It was a show in Exmouth. It was a Monday night, and Billy Gunn was going to be at the show, and it was like a um, obviously a big deal because it's Billy Gunn, right? And I was yeah. what was I, eighty, eighteen, nineteen, some of like that. Okay, and. Uh, I, I was going to work at the supermarket and my friend had been nagging me all day saying, you, you, you've you, got to take the night of work. You've got to. We've got to go to wrestling. We've got to. And I said, mate, I, I need the job. I need money. I can't just go to the show tonight. I'm sorry. And he's he's hounded me all day. This is your dream, man. This is what we want. So I get in the door of the supermarket and it's a, it's a massive store. And uh, just as I'm walking through the door, he goes, he goes, you're telling me. He says, this is your chance to break into professional wrestling. You're going to give it up for, for this job. And I said, well, what can I do now? You know, I've got my bloody uniform on. And I said, well, I don't know what you want me to do. So, I thought, you know, and he said to me, this is what I want you to do. He said, why don't you? Um, he said, he said, hide in the toilet. <laughs> right? He said, hide in the toilet. I'll go tell your boss that you're not coming in tonight. And the, um, he said, we'll just run. <laughs> this is honest truth. Like, he, said, we'll just run he said, we'll run out the store. He said, we'll call Mike, who's my brother. And he said, we'll let him know we are going to wrestling. And, you know, we'll go watch the show tonight. And I, I said, oh, the hell with it. Let's do it, whatever. Let's, all right. You know, I mean, I was like 20. I, I was young and dumb. And anyway, he comes to the toilet. He goes, Jace, I've told your boss. I was like, did you really? He said, yeah, he says you've got a call in. He doesn't know who I am. And I said, fuck this. And you know, we ran out the store. <laughs> I think we got to... Um, I must have been doing a shift something like, I don't know, something like 12 till 6 or something where it was like, yeah. ultimately, I would have been beginning the show. So we get down to Exmouth at about, oh, I don't know, past one, two o'clock, and we're waiting outside, and this chap turns up with his ring, it was a T-Bone? Yeah, oh, yeah. We had a T-Bone. He turns up um, with his ring, him and a chap, uh, I'll never forget his name, called Gordy, was a mate of T-Bone, I have not seen him in. Ever since, really, this since this story, but they turn up and we obviously don't know our ass from our elbow. We, you don't know anything, you know. But we just said, "Damn, um, we're here to do the ring." And he said, well, "What do you mean?" And we said, "Well, we're just we're just here to do the ring." And he said, "Well, who sent you?" And we said, "Oh, we're just trying to, you just want to help out." And you know, he was like, "I remember T Bone's face. He's like, looking around, thinking <laughs> someone's planted a camera because he was like, <laughs> like he's like, who are these kids that want to do a wrestling ring? Like, you know, most people." We didn't know what doing the ring even was. We just knew. <laughs> so he was like, "Fine, come in." And and but, I mean, he still helped. He didn't have to, you know. We could. He could have made us. He could have sat there drinking tea and just directed. But he got involved and he was really forthcoming. Showed us how to do everything and and um <clears throat> like all the wrestlers started turning up and, and the promoter turned up and everything and we we just um we got backstage and the next day was a show in Bournemouth and the day after that was Portsmouth. And ultimately, my, my friend, again, the one who spoke to my boss at Tesco, he said to me, look, why don't you? He said, why don't I ask if we can go with them to Bournemouth? And I was like, where the fuck is? I didn't know where Bournemouth was. <laughs> I, you know, I said, well, I said, I said well, where's that? And my brother said, who cares? Let's go. And I said, like, well, OK, fine. He said, can we um, can we like ride with you and, uh, and do the ring again? And again, we think it's like a big deal, right? Doing ring. Like yeah. now it's like, oh, God, he's like, <laughs> he, he's like, are you kidding and we're like, no, no, we want to come with you and do the ring. And he's like, you want to ride with me and you just want to do the ring? And we're like, yeah. And he's like, okay, fine. <laughs> ride with me. <laughs> so then when we jumped in the back of the van, it was three of us. And he's like, uh, there's a seat up front if one of you guys want to sit at the front. And all three of us were like, no, we're riding the back. And he's like, you're all going to ride in the back with the ring. And we're like, yeah, he's like, it's full of metal and wood. it's going to be uncomfortable. But we all had this mentality, like, stick together, you know. Yeah. I don't know why, but we just <laughs> So we... All rode to um, wherever it was he lived. I can't remember where he lived, but we all rode back to his place, and then it was to Bournemouth the next day. Um, then back to his place again after the show in Bournemouth, and then to Portsmouth. And then we luckily got a lift home from a chap called Chris Andrews, was a wrestler back then. He um he he lived in Exeter, so he was able to give us a lift back from Portsmouth. I and mean, we didn't even think about how we were going to get back from Portsmouth. On the third day, we—I didn't know what Portsmouth was, but we just—we just—we were so eager to to just get involved. Um, and then uh, I think it was maybe three, six months after that, I just had the bug, and I was looking online and found a, a local training school uh, twenty minutes down the road. Um, they were a bit backyard, really, to be honest with you. They, they didn't really know um, wristwatch from a wristwatch. Those yeah. guys didn't really have what was going on, but what they knew more than me. So they, so as far as I was concerned, you know, this was my ticket to the WB. But <laughs> after two sessions, I was kind of like, yeah. I thought these aren't the guys that I saw with Billy Gunn. And I thought because they're not the guys that I saw with Billy Gunn, maybe this isn't where I need to train. So then I kept contacting Bar City Pro um, yeah. in Portsmouth, constantly contacting him. But ultimately, he finally was, I've been emailing him for months and he was like, fine, I'm starting a school. There's it got to be a new school I'm in Portsmouth. He said, if you can get to Portsmouth uh, and pay me, uh, it was £110 a month to train at the school he said if you can pay me £110 a month you can train and I was like yes sir I mean he could have said to me he could have said me a £1,000 up front <laughs> I wouldn't have known, I, mean, I didn't have a £1,000 but I, I would have, you know what I mean Big borrowed, yeah. steeled because that's what I wanted and uh, so I used to travel to Portsmouth it was like a 300 mile round trip I did that for 9-10 months uh, then I left for, for about 6 years and uh, I never thought I'd come back I never thought I'd I I mean, to me, wrestling was a a thing I did when I was 21. Yeah, I just never, and it was just like an old memory. Do you know what I mean? And it's never something that was ever. I I think I I didn't get on with the coach in the end. There's a chap called Tom. He um he's a great wrestler, but I I wouldn't. I don't think at 21 I was disciplined enough to do as I was told. I mean that's a factor in it. I mean I have to be honest all these years later, what am I, I'll be 32 in, in June, I'm, I'm up 10 years later, I, I can admit, I probably wasn't disciplined enough, but it wasn't just that, I think he, his methods and everything, I don't think I was quite, I don't think I quite agree with everything he, he did, and the way he perhaps he treats some people, I, I I just wasn't, I wasn't on that right vibe, I don't think. so, I mean, I went away, and again, he was more old school, Um, he was a bit more old school, which I, again, I, I mean, I'm a I, tough upbringing, so it, it didn't bother me that the, the toughness and the, that sort of thing but I think there was a bit of um perhaps sometimes I just I don't know if we were necessarily on, on perhaps the same wavelength um, yeah. sometimes and, I, and it just it got to that time and I could feel it myself I was like yeah this isn't I don't want to if this is my mind was telling me if this is professional wrestling then you don't want to be part of it like, this, it's not something I want to be part of many years later I went and got a job uh, did all sorts of things uh, in the time I was away from wrestling many years later I, I was working in an office and it was like yeah. my first day and we did like a—you know one of those really cringy kind of <laughs> my name is and this is what I do for a living and, and yeah. one of the questions an interesting fact about yourself and I said uh, just as a passing comment I said I used to be a professional wrestler and I sat back down on my seat and everyone was like, I mean, literally, like the whole class was like, oh, oh, wrestling, no way, where I? They're getting all <laughs> excited. And i like, would oh. uh, not really thought about it for, for years. It's, it's the yeah. craziest thing. As I was watching their excitement, I was getting excited. And I was thinking, okay, no, no, people still care about wrestling. Like people still are interested in wrestling and they're asking me all these questions and for the next you know, three, four weeks it was constant every day. And, and what about this? And what about that? And how does this work? And and I've just I think psychosomatically oh, it was starting to grow again and I could feel it in my mind. And I, and I started to think, what if? Like what would you ever wrestle Should I wrestle again and, and I just um found a local school, a chap I knew from in the BPW days called Dan, um and I, and he had a school in, in Torquay, which was round about oh 15 miles from where I lived I mean if I just traveled 300 miles a week I mean the thought of traveling 15 miles for school to me was nothing and and I played sort of poker before that um, yep. I was a sponsor of poker so I was traveling all around the south of England playing poker so the idea of a 15 mile drive to me was walking a park so I thought give it a go try one more session you know six years later I think it was I said try this one session if you try and you don't like it and you've moved on from wrestling, or grown out of it, or whatever the hell I told myself, I said, then never think about it again. Move on. And you can tell all those people, yeah, I went back to a session of the day, but I don't like wrestling anymore. And that would be that. But I went that night, and I met Grayson Reeves for the first night. Now, he's, like, hyper-competitive, right? Like, he's very, like, He's very, he's very competitive. And when we've told this story before on different podcasts. And, and he swears blind that you know it's one way and I swear blind it's the other way. Since it's me telling the story, I'm gonna tell you how I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we we ultimately were doing these drills to blow each other up. It was like the coaches always drop down leap prog, drop down leap like yeah. constantly running drills. Then we were doing some like core work where we were like hanging off the ropes skinning the cat and stuff and we were like doing like amateur wrestling like shoot wrestling and everything and, and I just I remember getting the better of him and that's the truth right <laughs> I got I mean I got the better of him certainly amateur wrestling because I was fit and I was like it's not a knock at him but I mean I'm I, you know I don't mind a little bit of that there. and uh, I just don't think he was as fit as perhaps I was at the time and yeah. he'll swear blind that's not how it went but we were both blown, don't get me wrong. Like, make no mistake, we were both blown. All I'm saying is I got the better of him. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. <laughs> all okay. right, so that's my version. But ultimately the point was he was really good. Like, even at that stage. And yeah. and I, I was like, God damn, this this kid's good, you know. Like, who's this guy? Like, he's decent. And because he was good on that first night and really pushed me, blew me up, gave me a bit of a bit of an idea in there and there, like that lit a fire under me say, like, God damn, man, this is, that was fun. Like, that was, and it just, it just made me think, like, I want another go, I want another go, and another go. And um we would talk on the phone. Within about the first month, we were super close, and we just used to yeah. talk nearly every, every day, nearly, and just, we just loved wrestling, just absolutely loved professional wrestling. And we just talked about everything, and, and uh I, I say all the time, if it wasn't for him being there that night, I, I wouldn't be in wrestling now. Because if I hadn't had him whooping my ass and, and really, you know, making me work and, yeah. and, you know, if I didn't have that, I probably wouldn't have gone back because my, I wouldn't have wanted to go back the second time um, two days later to to really have another go, to really have another go at getting, getting in there and bumping around and, you know, and, and that kind of thing, you know. So I credit him really for uh, me being here now in wrestling. <laughs> I wouldn't be here if, if he hadn't, have, um, if he hadn't have done that. So.
0: Wow. So what was it like when you had your first match then? You'd been doing the training, you are getting in front of a live crowd, especially when you would start. You came back and started wrestling with Grayson. What was that first match like?
1: You The first one when I played before, or the first one when I came back?
0: The first one when you came back to where you're thinking, right, is this still for me?
1: By that point, I was hooked. And we had a good group of guys and girls um, down in the dungeon at Talkie Wrestling. We used to call it the dungeon. It used to come. It was like an old building that used to be like a Latin agents, and that the the coach had bought the building. So you'd go through the, the front door and you'd walk down, and it'd be pitch black, and you'd walk down the steps, and you'd just hear from like down, you'd hear all the all the bumping around, and you'd hear all the noises coming from the ring, and you just hear like boom, boom. And laughing and shouting and, and selling noises, and, and you just you were just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, and uh, you walk down the stairs, and you there's a little outside part you got to walk through, and sometimes it'd be, like, lashing down the rain, and you'd walk outside, and there'd be all this, like, it wasn't a very well-kept building, but, and the outside part was quite run down, but yeah. it looked quite dark and gloomy, and you'd walk through those doors, and there you'd see the ring and, like, it just, we called it the dungeon, and um, I just knew, sort of, I knew I was like we like there was something about that place that was special. We had a real yeah. good class of guys, and we just um, a real good camaraderie. It was almost military, you know, the the level of sort of I guess camaraderie we had and and respect and, uh, for each other. You know, I met Grayson Reeves there and, and Blake Harrison, um, John Aubrey was our MC. Yeah, and the list goes on. I met loads of you know guys and girls that from that school. Um, we just I knew at that point, I was like, yeah, I'm back. And this is, it was a different feeling than when I trained before with uh, in Portsmouth. This yeah. felt right. This felt like I was mature enough to adopt what professional wrestling was supposed to be. The respect yeah. side of things and perhaps the, I mean, the work of it. And I think at 27, I was a different man than I was at 21. I was a very different man. And i just realized okay if i'm going to be successful at wrestling it requires a lot more than just those 15 minutes they give me in a match it requires yeah. the other 23 hours and 45 minutes of a day it requires me to be a professional in those moments too and by the time i came back out of my first match um the boss says there's a show sunday everybody um, i'd like you all to be there to help out and i turned up in like a gray pair of adidas challenges and like bright red night trainers mm-hmm. and like a red vest because i was just like chilled out right i was just like the show's at the dungeon. I'm just coming to help, like, um, help the younger guys put matches together, I guess, because I was probably one of the more experienced guys. <clears throat> Excuse me, one of the more experienced guys at that point. And I uh, I was just like, cool. It's like the summertime. It was like June. And so I was like wearing my vest and trackies. And, and I was chill, right? I was just like, oh, I can't wait to see some live wrestling. This would be so cool. I mean, I had no idea, you know. I walk through the door and he goes, "Oh, Jay, she here?" I said, like, yeah, sorry, boss, sorry, I'm late." You know, like, and he's like, "No, no, it's fine." Um, you're wrestling Willie Win, and I was like, uh, beg your "Pardon?" And, he, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, wrestling Willie. Willie will, he? will he be here in a minute." Um, he goes, "He might even be upstairs getting changed." He's like, okay, "You're over," and I was like, "So, what, pardon, what did you say? What?" And he goes, "Is that all right?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah." And I walk on the door thinking, "Did he just fucking say like?" And I was like, <laughs> "I've got like a match, like what an actual match, <laughs> like I like, just um." Just don't think I was almost because I had so short time. I mean, I had like two hours. Yeah. So we went up and we did like a, it's on YouTube. Like it's like it. You you'd laugh at it now, you know. But um, me versus Willie. It's like about a five six minute match, maybe. You know, I um I, I got my heat, and uh, you know we had a finish and everything, and it just went backstage. The boss was happy. I was happy. My opponent was happy. And we just kind of um, kind of came away sort of saying on myself like, holy shit, like, you, you did it? Like, you, you're back, I guess? Like, you, you're wrestling again? I mean, it's, and it was a really nice kind of um, deer in the headlights reintroduction because it was like, get in there and wrestle. Go in there and do what you've been practicing in, and, it, you know, see what happens. And I was just like, sink or swim, right? And, yeah. and I've loved it ever since. I mean, like, um, yeah, and here we are, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. So. <laughs>
0: So um before we got onto like what you'd think are your top moments as a competitor uh Omega Luke asked me to ask about this Doug Williams match and you tell a story about your Doug Williams match so let us know about that God, damn. so <laughs>
1: So the when i when i first I didn't even know British wrestling existed. I had no idea. Like I didn't even know it was a thing. I just knew WWE, and I heard there was some stuff in Japan and Mexico, but I didn't know what they were or where they yeah. were. I might have heard of New Japan, but that was, that was it. Right. Um, ultimately, outside WWE, there was nothing. And then I got Sky TV, and there was the, the Total Wrestling Channel, Channel Four Two Seven. Yeah. So the Total Wrestling Channel. One PW, FWA. Um, you had uh, IPW. Yeah. Oh God, there were loads. You had a real uh, RQW. Um, you had International showdown that Alex Shane would, would would promote. And I was just like, I was like, who in the hell are these men? Like British wrestlers. And I, I just I, I could not believe to me, these British wrestlers, Johnny Storm, Jody Fleisch, yeah. um, Alex Shane, Andy Simmons, uh, Darren Burridge, th- these men were as big to me as John Cena is now because they're on TV and they were wrestlers. Yeah. I didn't know that you know it was like regional. Pretty much, you know, like these guys were wrestling north or they're wrestling in London or because we didn't have a lot of wrestling in the south. But the one that stood out to me was Doug Williams. I mean, he's he just he, um, I was a different just the way he moved and the way he wrestled. Oh, yeah. I, I watched him and was just like, I watched Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, the Iron Man match at WrestleMania. And when I watched that as a kid, that's where I told myself, you're going to be a wrestler because you want to be just like those two larger than life, sort of over the top performance and just incredible athleticism and I just said I want to be like them and then I the, the, I didn't feel that really uh, until I saw Doug Williams after that you know years later I saw that and got that same feeling of just watching him and thinking this guy is, uh, is a different class he's just a different different level of skill and, and it wasn't just that he was, he appeared to be the best wrestler to me, his overall package was what, just the way he sold and moved and his offence and, and, and everything just you know, I told him when I saw him, I said, you're the one guy I wanted to wrestle because uh, I said, you, you made everything so believable and just so so it just looked fierce and it looked intense and I remember saying it to him and he goes oh thanks, cheers, and he walked off <laughs> and I thought, oh, <laughs> wait, you know like nine years to say that, do you? But um, anyway, so I don't really get nervous in my matches um, and some people will say if you don't get nervous, you get out of the business but I don't agree with that at all because everybody's different, Yeah. everybody feels different. I tend to get quite excited because I think if I'm any good at what I do and the story's good that w- what we're building, then I'm excited to go out and show the people, you know, our performance, our version of professional wrestling, which is ultimately what we get to do each time we have a match. We get to show them our version of, 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 of our, of our art. And I get excited before I got the curtain, and I get all pumped up. You'll often see me behind the curtain, talking to myself real loud, or or slapping myself, or you know, it looks like I'm probably taking some you know, illegal substances to get my mood up, but I don't mm. touch that stuff. I'm just hyped because I'm yeah. ready to go out there and, and give it some. When I wrestled Doug, I was the complete opposite. I was shit in my pants <laughs> because <laughs> it was be it was Doug Williams. And I was just, he was the one, like, I, I wanted for so long. He was going to retire. He was about a month away from retiring. And the promoter down in Cornwall, who I did a lot of good work for, Terry Speller, I'll always be grateful to Terry because he called me up when I was at work and told me about the dog match. I remember, like, not shouting down the phone at him, but I was kind of shouting, but in a good way. (laughs) Um, And I couldn't believe it. I put the phone down and I thought, what's just happened? Like, this is the one you wanted, and it's coming in six weeks now. It's, you know, official. And when I saw that later that day, they put the poster out, and I remember thinking, like, it's no going back now. Like, this is what you worked for for, you know, all these years, and this is what you... this was." Your chance now is Jason King, the character, to show again your version of our art against the one that I believe is, sits on the top of the mountain above the rest. And I wanted yeah. to show that I could hang with him and, 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 and look convincing with him. That confidence all went out the window when I saw him and shook his hand <laughs> and started putting him out. And he'd be like, he'd be like So, um, you got a, like, um, something a way to cut me off? And I'd be like, Ah, oh, um, I usually, oh, god, um, and he's. You can tell he's like, oh, this guy is not very, you know. And I'd say something like, I-, I could break your eye. And he'd go, all right, yeah, all right, if you want to do that then. And I'm like, oh, is that no good? <laughs> I'm panicking like hell, you know, my heart's going. <laughs> it's like, I wish looking back, I could have just relaxed and said, "Jace, he's, he's, if it, you know, he's that good. He's going to take care of you, yeah. you know. But I just couldn't get myself calm, you know. So I, um, the match starts and we lock up and, Throws me in the corner. Then we lock up a second time, and I throw him in the corner. And then the third time, we go in for the lock up. And I, and I, till this day, I don't know. I think I I must have headbutted him because I just go boom. And and, and I mean, I, uh, refs pulled me back, and I hit Doug with some force because I don't know if I saw red or what. What happened? I, I the mood took me. I really don't know. But but. He, I mean, he's bleeding from the nose. He's got some old scar tissue on his nose. And I mean, this is coming down, man. Like, we're pouring water. I mean, the visual was incredible. If he wasn't retiring, and he could have came back after that week, we had, from that image, of the blood pissing out of his nose. You know, I mean, I jumped out of the ring to give him time to get tissue and everything and sell, you know, what I've just done. Yeah. But I was trying to sell like, really angry. But uh, if you see my face, I'm almost crying. <laughs> because... <laughs> Uh, I waited me to wrestle Doug and what have I done in 30 seconds but him and nearly broke his nose I mean you can see me outside the ring I do not look like a convincing heel uh, at this point <laughs> uh, I look like I'm about to cry I'm walking around outside going what have you done what have you done you've ruined it all the thoughts are going through my head I was thinking about going backstage getting in the car driving home in my pants, just going to hell with this, I quit, I quit wrestling, I'm done, you know, I thought I can't do this no more, and he's kind of like, signaling to get tissue, and it's getting worse, because nobody was getting him tissue, and then someone gave him like, one strip of tissue, and I mean, the blood is all down his chest, and everything, and, and, and I was thinking, oh God, someone just give him a towel, give him something, we went on for about, Probably thirty seconds, maybe more. Seemed like it was gone on for ten minutes, you know. And I just the longer I was on the outside of the ring, I kept sort of jokingly getting back in the ring and getting back out and being like, "Oh God, I can't really get in until he's, till he's cleaned up," you know. It just it, it was a shambles. I mean, the match itself was brilliant, and it made a great visual when he sat on the ropes and I popped in between the eyes, and you know the gloves coming in, and, and the fans were really you know bought it and everything. And, and uh, but I got backstage, and again, I, I'm not a um, you know, I'm not wrong for a minute. I'm not I'm shy. You know, I'm, I'm quite yeah. open with, you know, but but I felt timid. I have to be honest, going back there, because I thought you were about to get a from a man you respect probably as much as anybody, you know, and it was just like, I just felt like a kid. I was like, God damn, you're about to get told off, you know, and I was really like, but I felt beauty, and I felt bad, and I felt the performance on my part. I was like... I couldn't separate and say, no, the match was good. It was just an accident. I couldn't see it at that time. As yeah. It was an accident that could have happened to anyone. I saw it as, you know, you you fucked up. You messed up. On your, it was your big chance against Doug and you messed up. And, you you know, and I went to speak to him and he said, just let me clean myself up. He said, well, uh, you know, and I sat down to talk to him and I thought, here comes the grilling." you know, like, and I just felt, oh, this is going to be your reminder that you ate what you thought you were. And he started sort of smiling and laughing. And he said, what happened there, you know? And, and I thought, mm. what? Pardon? Like, huh? And I said, I said I'm so so sorry about the nose dog. I said that. Oh. He said, Ah, oh, don't worry about it. And he pulls out his his like like a gum shield, like mouthpiece, man, yeah. with like four teeth missing. And he goes, Yeah, I had these knocked out of progress. He said, It happens, man. Don't worry about it. You know, yeah. and <laughs> and I just I, was, I instant release i mean i, I became so relaxed as far as i didn't fart you know what i mean like i've just <laughs> i just all the, all the tension just came out of me and i was just like oh god thank and we talked about the match and he said like yeah no he, he was putting it on his twitter you know um and i spoke to his his, his partner six weeks ago yeah. uh and i she said um she said I, I uh I use my Facebook for advertising reach, so I, I add a lot of people. Anyone that's wrestling related, I will tend to add on my Facebook to, to you know, make reach to get yeah, the yeah. reach message out there. And, and I, I added her, like not knowing who she was, but I, I knew she was something wrestling related because I saw like wrestling posts on her page recently. So I thought, oh, you know, I'll add her, and she's someone wrestling related. And she, um, she said, "Do we know each other?" I said, "Oh, I saw you're into wrestling." Before I could finish the message, she goes, "Ah, I see you wrestled Doug and broke his nose." I was like, "Oh God!"
0: <laughs> I said. <laughs>
1: His, his partner and we had a chat about it you know and she said um she's uh, we're talking about it and, and uh, this is years later so I can look back at the match removed from it and say do you know what it was a really really cool experience the match was really good in the and the and the blood really added to the to the moment yeah. you know if he wasn't returning, we really could have we really could have built something on that you know we really could have and um and I said to her you know I really enjoyed the match and it was a good match. It was just really unfortunate what occurred. And she, she said, I'm with Doug now. And, you know, he's laughing about it. He said, it's a really good story. You can tell people now. You can look back and laugh. And it, it kind of made me feel like, you know what? Don't carry a burden. I mean, it's one accidental bug that could happen to any. I mean, how many times do we all injure each other accidentally in the ring yeah. and everything? You know, but I just, I think because I looked up to him so much and held him in such a high regard, still do, in such a high regard, that I just felt... Terrible about what had occurred, but you know, again, he put me at ease and said, "You know, you had a you had a good time. Like it was a good match. We got the crowd. Just laugh about it, you know." And that was a uh, that was my 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 uh, unfortunate incident. Uh,
0: so before we get to reach, uh, you used to wrestle with PWA down in Plymouth, where you was um, I think with Adam Flint, the King's Court tag team champions. What happened with like PWA? Because I know. You'd the company had closed as yourselves as tag team champions. I think in one of your last matches, it involved the UK hooligans that um oh. they they hit hard, they they hit hard. Like, tell us a bit about like yeah. your time at PWA and being in the ring with uh Zach and Roy. Right, but
1: so so um, the PWA they they were lovely on the outside, um, but unfortunately, they had problems on the business side of things that ultimately couldn't be overcame, which is a bit of a shame because they yeah. sometimes they did good numbers and they, and they did do very well. And I loved working in Plymouth and I, and I loved working for PWA. Um, but I'm grateful for all that PWA gave me because had they not have given me the opportunities to become, I guess, a name in, in, in the scene in the South of England, uh, if they, they were one of the, the catalysts yeah. <clears throat> to really give Jason King his, his chance to blossom, if you will. Um, uh, and Adam Flint's one of the best friends in the world, one of them, you know, and uh, me and him used to travel the road together and, and you know, the South and just, and just you know, I had such a great time being tag partners with him and, and uh, it just really was just was some of the best fun I ever had. You know, we, we we just were over. We just, we got over from our work and our, and our performance and everything and we wrestled with some good teams. You know, we wrestled with two lads who were called back then? Uh, they were called the Renegades, and now yeah. they're called Sid Oakley and and Oakley and McLeod, uh, Oakley and McLeod. They were called Craig McLeod yeah. and Craig Oakley at the time. Um, good boys they were, and we just we had just started to get into it. They were the first team we got a real good story with, and and uh, we they were brought in to wrestle us, and I said, no, listen, I said, have not beat us tonight. I remember saying like one of the, that it's a shame because it's one of the last sort of nights I said, have them beat us. I said, so that when we next wrestle people for the titles, people will assume all oh, the Kings court are going to win the rematch. So have them go over a dirty. and in three months away was the, the anniversary show. I said, we'll have a ladder match, have us take them, you know, take the boats back and the, the big anniversary for the big payoff. And we all loved it. And I was trying to help them really get them on the map down here. Cause they were good lads. That we love working with plans changed slightly. And we kept the boats, but instead they brought in the hooligans, which, to be honest, in retrospective, was not a bad thing. Um, now, I'm good friends with Roy. Roy yeah. Knight, he's a, a good, good friend of mine. And uh, I went and saw him about oh, just before the lockdown. I think it was yeah. pretty much the before the lockdown. I was up there hanging out with Roy and everything and um, seeing his dad, Ricky, and, and the family up there. and And back then, this is where we met, you see, um, but I mean, i had been to Norwich once before, or I became friends with Roy before, but this was the first time we wrestled, and they just, you want to talk really, I mean, I thought I was good at that point, and I think I would, at that point, I would say I was a good professional wrestler, but I was not a great professional wrestler, and I was not a world-class professional wrestler, and if I thought I was, I was definitely proven wrong, so any <laughs> ego that I thought might had at the time, was, was taken away, and they didn't do it in a in a whoop my ass way. They just did it being themselves. There were moments in that match where I really did feel like I was behind, playing yeah. catch up, and and living in the moments as I would hear the crowd. And I just, it was a, a wonderful feeling to be reminded, you know, there's another tier, another few tiers in this game, kid. Like it was a really cool learning experience for me, and uh, it was humbling for me to to be in there with, with two guys that are just a different level of crap. I mean, we Roy is the, Roy might be the best in the country. Roy, honestly, a singles wrestler. I mean, his conditioning alone at 40, I think he is now, is, is just, I mean, he's no one's ever blown against. him up. I said, mate, he, but he trains like an animal. I mean, he drinks like, it. I love to go drinking with him, <laughs> but he trains he, he, he drinks, you know, so he, this, you know, he, he, he's brilliant. He, And, but Zach is 18 stone at that point when we wrestled. And I'll tell you something, Zach did a moonsault on me. And when he was coming down, I thought, and I'm 12 and a half stone. And I thought, oh, here we go. Like this is gonna hurt. And then he hit me and I forgot to sell because he was so light, you know, when he hit me on that moonsault. Mm. And I just, uh, for a split second, I was like, wow. Then I was like, no, not wow. You're in a match, you know, do what's required of you. Um, But they were just pros, just absolute pros like the whole time. you know, they hit, hard. I and mean, I hit Zach hard. I went right after him, boom. You know, I, I popped in one and I gave him a big chop bang and he chopped me back, boom, and he said, chop me again, because I was, you know, babyface. He wanted me to, you know, so I came back, boom, and and just, they were so giving. They yeah. they recognized that we were like the, me and Flip were the babyfaces. They recognized that we needed to get our stuff in as much as they needed to get their stuff in. And even the Renegades to get their heat, you know, they just really, they really um, understood how to, the way to make that match. They really, really did know how to put it together so that everybody came out of that better than they went in. And I think that's that's a, that's a real pro. Because it would have been easy for them to just come down and say, we'll do this, 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 and that'll be that. But they didn't. Yeah. They came in and said, let's make that there and you get some of this and we'll find that. And, and, and you know, we got a standing ovation at the end. It's the first standing ovation I've seen in, in Plymouth up to that point. Um, I've seen like two since but it was the, the the first time i'd seen a standing ovation uh, you know um and it just just being in the ring shaking their hands and and uh, watching the crowd and i was looking at the crowd and I was thinking we've just been part of something really really special uh, yeah. you know in, in you know and, and and i just it just takes it it it's uh, um when you love professional wrestling when you love anything you know when you're part of something you love is, you Know it's the best feeling in the world, and, and just to be part of something that that's special and that felt that good was really rewarding. You just you, those moments will live forever, you know. You can replay them in your mind. Over and over. I just wish we had more. Fun. I mean, PWA weren't so organized with things like footage, and because um, I would have loved to, have, I could watch that match, you know, once every couple of months. I could probably sit yeah. down and watch it. And just, I uh, was just an art, you know. To, it just really was a very, very rewarding experience, mate. It really was, yeah.
0: Now Roy is probably one of my favourite people that I talk to in wrestling as well. Uh, such a gen. I think I saw him a couple of days before he was in Norwich actually when he was in Grimsby, and yeah, he had a match with his lad RKJ, and again both of them just going balls to the walls essentially. And Roy ended up doing a great speech afterwards, like advocating mental health and things like that. So yeah, I advise anybody to reach out to Roy. Check out his book as well, which. Um, openly talks about all these troubles, and I'm with you in the ring. Like it's you'd it'd be hard to argue if there's somebody better at the moment. Like he's incredible.
1: Yeah, I think it's fun. You just said something really good there about the mental health thing as well, mate. And and he he really he really. Um, I mean, he he wants to open his own depression center. You know, he's he's yeah. selling to make money, and I'll tell you something. He doesn't really. He wouldn't want us to I know what he's like, he, he wouldn't want us to praise him because he, he doesn't ever want people to think he's doing it for any it's not an ego thing at all. He really genuinely, as you said, he wants to help you. Re, like you said perfectly, reach out to him. He, he's he's an ear for anybody. He's honestly so so giving and so forth coming in. He he um it, it's and it's done because he, he wants to help you. I mean, to genuinely want to go out of his way to help people that are suffering. You know, he, he, it really is, it, it when I'm around him and I'm talking to him, it makes me look at the mirror and say, okay, well, how much are you doing, Jace? What are you doing to, to help other people? And it kind of makes me feel a little bit like, you know what, he's a, a really good, a really good man. I mean, he really is a good man, honestly. He's a good friend of mine and, and I really do like and I care for very much and I respect. I can't say enough good about him, you know, and it's, it's yeah. good, like you said, you know, you've seen him yourself you know, away from, you know, my my experiences with him, and you know, as you said, you know, he's gone out of his way again to, to put all the mental health and the struggles and things, I mean, it's just really, he is a very good man, I can't say enough good
0: about him, mate, honestly. Yeah, no, I'd agree. Is that somebody you'd want to do business with in the future, then? You just mentioned it's a match that you'd really like to watch back. Um, obviously, you went down to WAW, you took Echo and LA, which we'll get into as well, um, but would you like to see him in Reach's tag division or um, you go down at WAW? Do
1: yes, I would. I'd love to wrestle him. WAW for me the I'd have to wrestle him. I'd have to be up there a little while because I think I'd need to build myself in the eyes of their local fans a little bit. I'd yeah. have to get a little bit so that I could, if I was there for a little while, if I had time to go there for a month or so to, to really start building that, which I know I could do with him, like no doubt. Um, but I think for it to be believable, um and to make as much money as we could make um for WAW I would need time to because he's he he's 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 extremely popular um in WAW and uh, I can be extremely unpopular it's so no problem. So like I like I would really like to he's a guy I would love to 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 work with in that fashion. And and the other thing of course is we can bring him down here. I mean we tried to get him down before but we yeah. um weren't going to get him because of a movie premiere. Yeah, come out it fell on the same weekend so he wasn't able to he wasn't able to get down it yeah. kind of just fell we we booked him and he was all good and then they changed the date of the movie premiere you know, <laughs> so he, it was just um just bad timing really and we never really got the chance to to bring him down since because of the yeah. way uh, certain business was, was going and everything and but yeah i'd love to wrestle warry i mean he like you said he's by rkj it different class he like that lad. i mean he's, he's unbelievable as well he? I mean, he just he can do anything he's, uh, ridiculous. he's like yeah. mate, he i mean he's like i heard william regal once right he said um about randy orton he said to him how do you do this stuff and randy orton said i don't know i just i'll just do it really and regal said well can you do i don't know xyz and he said yeah i'll show you and he did it and, and regal's like you can do anything and Orton said, oh, "Can I? You know, I didn't even really know how good he was at the time. You know, and I think RKJ is a little bit like that. I, I mean, he's, he he could be cocky. You know, he won't mind me saying that. You know, yeah. But uh, but I don't even think he knows how good he can be because he's so he's come from good blood. You know, yeah. in, in wrestling terms. You know, and I think he um he's one that I mean he, he's going all the way. And he, do you know what I mean? <laughs> he's yeah, going... oh, no. yeah. Yeah." You know, no no questions asked good luck to him because he's dedicated his life you know his 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 life to, to his wrestling you know yeah. also good luck you know yeah him, him, him and Rory I'd love to get both down and Julia um, Soraya Mike, you yeah. know she'd be another one and we'd want to get involved with get the girls in with her yeah for sure
0: and that was part one of my interview with Jason King make sure you subscribe to Cats Angle Pod and Cheshot Radio Network so you do not miss out on part two where we talk about Reach wrestling, how that came to be and the growth it's had in two years and also the Reach Academy and how that's bringing out some fantastic stars at the moment, which you can listen to on my From the Ground Up series where I've done various interviews with the Reach Academy students. Also coming up in the coming weeks with Kurt Angle Pod, I've got a part one and part two of my interview with the English Lion, Eddie Ryan, and we will be having an interview with one of the brightest talents to ever come from the UK in Joel Redman. Thank you for listening. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.